Welcome to the How to Event Podcast, the premier resource for everyday people who want to plan the event of a lifetime. My name is Allie Denniston. Thank you for joining the party. Hello, podcasters. Welcome back to the pandemic planning mini season. Last week, we talked all about COVID-19 and contracts, and this week we'll be talking about alternative options for weddings, such as micro-weddings, elopements, and virtual weddings. Although this episode is geared towards alternative options for weddings specifically, many of these practices surrounding downsizing a guest count or reimagining the scope of your wedding can be applicable to all sorts of special events. So even if your plan isn't to tie the knot, listen up because there may be some great content in here that can help you with your event planning. Hundreds of thousands of weddings take place every weekend around the world, and billions of dollars are poured into the wedding industry. According to the Knotts Global Research, most engaged couples whose weddings have been impacted by the pandemic are not actually canceling their weddings. This is 92% globally and about 93% in the United States. Most of those are actually rescheduling for either later this year, 2021, or aren't making any changes at this time. From a more personal standpoint, about 50% of the weddings that I had booked for 2020 were forced to reschedule. Of the remaining 50% that maintained their original plan dates, all had to either significantly downsize or completely reimagine the scope of their wedding to ensure that they remained within the guidelines for gathering numbers. There is a lot of uncertainty regarding what may be allowed or how to make things work if there are clear guidelines, which does vary depending on where you're located. In Rhode Island on June 19th, the governor came out with additional guidelines pertaining to phase three of the reopening Rhode Island plan. This outlined that indoor events could now host 50 to 75 guests and outdoor events could host 75 to 150 guests. This was a significant release for a number of reasons. First and foremost, because in the month of June, the maximum number of people that could gather was 15. And that is a staggering limit for the majority of wedding plans and any sort of event plans that might be in place. So extending that now from 50 to 75 indoors and 75 to 150 outdoors really gives couples and event hosts a lot more leeway when it comes to their plans. In many cases, couples and event hosts won't have to change their plans at all if they had 150 or fewer guests that were planning to be underneath a tent, for instance. That counts as an outdoor event. Therefore, they don't have to make any changes to their projected guest count. It may have an impact on those groups that were planning to have their events within a venue, inside a ballroom or a hall, for instance, but it will provide them with the opportunity to still have an event for a more significant number of guests than 15. And while some of you may be thinking, well, I don't want to cut down the number of people attending my event at all, 
to a lot of these couples, this is music to their ears because there were very few guidelines and if any guidelines were available, they were not clear as to what could and could not take place pertaining to specifically weddings and special events. So this is a huge development and has really allowed a lot of our couples to make their plans and move forward in a way that makes them feel a little bit more comfortable because the information has been confirmed. However, all of this being said, in addition to the limits of gathering numbers, there are other requirements that must be met, such as mask wearing, social distancing, more stringent food service and sanitization practices, and all of those can have an effect on the feel of a larger gathering. For this reason, many couples are choosing to still get creative, regardless of the increases in the permitted number of guests. Today I'll be talking about just a couple of the alternative options that some of my couples have actually chosen to pursue. Those include micro-weddings, elopements, and hybrid or virtual weddings, which can also be translated to other types of events as well. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, although many of these solutions are geared towards weddings specifically, they can absolutely be applied as alternative options for other types of special events. So certainly don't discount some of these options because they could potentially save your event. So first off, let's talk micro-weddings. This is a gathering of the maximum permitted number of guests in Rhode Island in the month of June. That would have been 15 people. Now in the month of July, that could be 50 to 75 people, depending on your venue. And these weddings are basically just pared down to perhaps your immediate family or close friends. And it's done strictly because you have to. Most of these couples are not downsizing because of preference or even because of budget in some cases. This is literally just because they have no other choice but to downsize from their original count, which may have well exceeded the permitted number of persons who can gather. These micro weddings may be held at the original plan location, but also could be held at an alternative venue better suited for smaller gatherings or even to a private home or backyard setting. Many of these couples have chosen to downsize from a full-size reception to an intimate dinner following their ceremony. So for some couples, this may increase the budget that they have so they can throw a celebration that's a bit more lavish than it would have been for the entire guest count they were expecting originally. Recently, I've seen several venues advertise different promotions focused on micro-weddings. This might include the officiant, a photographer, a boutonniere, and a bridal bouquet, depending on the couple, as well as perhaps a cheese board or champagne toast, or if it's a hotel, perhaps an overnight stay or a special dinner. So It's definitely a more cost-effective way to host your celebration, especially if you're comfortable with downsizing. I would recommend checking out any of the local venues in your area if you are looking to plan a micro-wedding to see if they may have any promotion similar to what I described that might be able to save you some cash. 
Or if saving money at this point is not the most important piece to you, as I said before, many couples are choosing to increase their budgets in order to accommodate a more lavish affair. So perhaps you're interested in allocating some more dollars in your budget towards a more high-end menu for your dinner or towards more expensive flowers or a more expensive dress. So it really comes down to what your personal preference is. Elopements can often be considered an even smaller micro-wedding, as it's typically just the couple and witnesses with an officiant and possibly a photographer, but it is a very much pared-down affair. This could be done as a placeholder, so the couple can maintain a certain anniversary date or reap the benefits of being married sooner, while still hosting a celebration at a later date. Sometimes this can be the simplest way for a couple to get married as the only opinions that need to be considered are that of the couple themselves. Why might a couple choose to have an elopement over a micro-wedding? Well, it really comes down to each couple's individual situation. There could be conflicts with travel plans for some of their guests, or in this time of COVID-19, They could have guests that just aren't comfortable with traveling or being part of even a small gathering like this. In other situations, it may be because the couple just wants to get married now so they can reap the benefits of being a married couple while considering having a more lavish affair later. I've actually seen a significant increase in the number of elopements for the simple reason of the couple wants to have a bigger reception at a later date. So that is definitely one of the driving forces behind the higher number of elopements that we're seeing during this pandemic season. And for some couples, it may be a significant date. Perhaps the couple chose a particular date because the anniversary has sentimental meaning to them or to their families, and they really just want to maintain that specific date as their official marriage anniversary. And in those cases, a lot of couples are doing that, and as I said, having the bigger celebration at a later date. Virtual and hybrid events and weddings can be another layer to micro-weddings or elopement, as they're virtually broadcasted to a larger pool of guests so they can watch and participate. This also allows the ability for the couple to record the event and potentially stream it later or watch it later for themselves and their own enjoyment. An elopement is generally more appropriate for a full-on virtual event, Whereas a micro-wedding may be more appropriate for a hybrid event, given that with a hybrid event, some people are present with the majority of the attendees tuning in virtually. Either of these digital alternatives can soften the financial blow, as a venue rental may be able to be avoided. There are several other cost savings that could be achieved by doing a hybrid or virtual event. The majority of guests wouldn't need to travel, therefore completely eliminating travel costs, and you'd be cutting out the food and beverage costs for those guests who aren't physically present, which can be quite a staggering dollar amount if you have a larger guest count. This type of digital event may also eliminate attendance barriers. You may even get more attendance in this situation because those who already knew they couldn't physically be at the event may be able to tune into it virtually to participate and be there for the special day. Now, I know what you're thinking. How does one take a virtual or hybrid event and create a connected experience without the physical presence of guests? 
there are a few examples of how I've heard of people making this situation a lot more fun. One of them is to circulate a wedding playlist so that everyone who's watching the digital event taking place can all be listening to the same music at the same time, therefore creating a more connected experience. I've also, in more extravagant situations, heard of couples actually shipping their wedding cake to their virtual attendees so that everyone could enjoy the same food while they're actually watching the event via a digital medium. Definitely a little bit more of an extravagant option, but could still be a really fun and unique way to bring a special element into a pared down event. One of the most crucial parts of making a virtual or hybrid event or wedding successful is to ensure that you have the audiovisual support in order to make it a seamless experience. So whether you're doing this from a venue where you might need to be working with an audiovisual technician provided to you, or if you're doing it from your own home or another private venue location, you may want to do a little bit of research to ensure that the technology and equipment that you have is going to allow for a seamless experience for you as well as for all of your guests who are watching. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, virtual or hybrid events can absolutely be an option for events other than weddings. If you have a meeting or another special event where you're supposed to have guests in attendance that can't physically make it, this is a perfect opportunity to incorporate. Whether you're navigating the pandemic environment or just looking for another way to host an event with lower costs, virtual and hybrid events are the perfect way to accomplish both of those options. It's low cost because venues as well as capacity, food and beverage are not something that need to be worried about. And you also expand your capacity significantly because you really have no limit of a physical space. As you navigate planning during this pandemic, if you decide that identifying an alternative option is the best choice for you, then I highly suggest you consider your options in terms of micro weddings, elopements, or hybrid and virtual events. Any of these alternatives will allow you to still host some sort of event and potentially involve as many guests as you'd like, depending on the route you decide to go. If you get creative, there's always a way to still achieve the planning goals that you may have in mind. Do you have questions about today's topic? Join me in the How to Event podcast group on Facebook, where you can ask your questions, start a discussion, and have the chance for your topic to be featured on a future episode. Don't forget to visit howtoeventpodcast.com for the newest episodes and show notes from How to Event. Thanks for joining me today. Can't wait to welcome you all back next week for part three of the pandemic planning mini season. Happy planning! Happy planning!